USF and Tulsa meeting for the second straight year. 10-10, and some explosive action on the kickoff return as USF is going to take the lead. Brian Batty to the house. Second and seven, deep shot into single coverage. Veering out of bounds, Marcus Gregory makes the catch for USF. Are you kidding me? All right, let's jump right in here. Welcome back to another edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here. I'm your host, Will Turner, as we take you through on this Thursday afternoon as I'm recording this. Uh, USF is now going to have six new members of the American Athletic Conference here within a few seasons as the conference announced today that six universities are the newest members of the American Athletic Conference. If you're familiar with the report that was released on Tuesday, this should come as no surprise, but if you are not up to date with that the six universities that will join usf along with east carolina memphis navy smu temple tulane and wichita state will be uab florida atlantic charlotte north texas rice and utsa university of texas at san antonio all six of those universities will be In the American Athletic Conference, I believe by 2023 is when they're trying to get those folks in, which is going to be in line with the three schools, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, which are going to the Big 12 here in 2023. So Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference today, announced those six universities Um, That will be a part of them, said, quote, I am extremely pleased to welcome these six outstanding universities to the American Athletic Conference. This is a strategic expansion that accomplishes a number of goals as we take the conference into its second decade. We are adding excellent institutions that are established in major cities and have invested in competing the highest level. We have enhanced geographical concentration, which will especially help the conference's men's and women's basketball and Olympic sports teams, and we will continue to provide valuable inventory to our major media rights partner, ESPN, which will feature our members on the most prominent platforms in sports media. So, as you could tell from that statement that was released from Commissioner Mike Oresco uh, this afternoon, Pretty much that, that the American looked at those schools that were in major me- metropolitan areas uh, to replace those three schools that were in major metropolitan areas in Houston, um, the Orlando market with UCF, and of course Cincinnati. And you get six between Birmingham, Alabama, Boca Raton, Florida, which is effectively part of that Miami market, Charlotte, North Carolina is a growing market, Denton, Texas with UNT which is effectively Dallas North. Uh, You get back into the Houston market with Rice, and then, of course, UTSA in the San Antonio market, which continues to grow quite a bit as well. So it it appears to me that the AAC was really looking at teams that, you know, were going to be able to fit the bill of of a metropolitan 
uh, market that was going to be on par with some of the others within the conference, as in Memphis and the Baltimore-Annapolis area with Navy, uh, Dallas with SMU, uh, Temple, Philadelphia, rather, New Orleans with Tulane. You've got a lot of people there within those particular cities, and uh, the AAC absolutely knows what they wanted to do. I think ESPN played a lot into it, and that's why you don't see a, a Sunbelt school or even a Marshall or an Appalachian State that you know may have been successful in football over the last 10 years or something of that nature that are not included. Same thing goes with like Coastal Carolina or something along those natures. So the AAC reloads effectively. It remains to be seen. Obviously, you know, there's there's teams within that group of six that that have had some some recent success in football between UAB, Florida Atlantic, uh, Charlotte. Uh, UTSA is undefeated and ranked in Conference USA currently, um, and all six of these teams are from Conference USA. So the American Athletic Conference, instead of potentially raiding the Big 12 like uh, like was accused of Mike Oresco early on in this process, now poaches pretty much the, the better half of Conference USA, leaving that conference with zero programs that have won a conference a CUSA championship in their time with the CUSA so think of schools like uh, um, Marshall and Southern Miss Um, those are those schools are left behind in CUSA so that's kind of the way that it goes we'll have obviously plenty of coverage over on Bulls 24-7 tomorrow on Friday um, regarding it, kind of getting you familiar with some of these schools, I really want to take a look at some of the um, other sports, not just football, but taking a look at some of the other sports uh, that you know uh, these schools sponsor. You take a look at kind of where the American is, um, just all the way around, and you you take a look deeper than just football, right? And the American was was going to have to reload. The American was going to have to figure something out, especially with the three gone. They were already going to have to figure something out down the line because of um, you're going to have to figure something down the line just because of the fact that you take a look at, at men's soccer, right? Men's soccer alone uh, has six teams in it. UCF, Tulsa, Temple, SMU, USF, and Memphis, and you're losing one of those with UCF and it becomes a five team league at that point. So that's something right there in itself that you've really got to take a, a look at and in, in, in trying to fix and, and, and trying to get uh, that going. You take a look at women's soccer as well and you take a look at the standings um, over there and just how many teams there are. You know, there's a few more in uh, women's soccer with USF, Memphis, SMU, ECU, Houston, Temple, Cincinnati, UCF, and Tulsa. You'll end up losing, of course, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, which gives you one, two, three, four, five, six schools in a particularly strong league. If you think about just how well USF has done the last uh, half decade in the NCAA tournament and uh, in Memphis as well. So you lose quite a bit there uh, with women's soccer. And then, you know, a, a sport that I hold pretty near and dear to my, my, my heart, softball, right? You've got Wichita State, USF, UCF, Tulsa, Houston, ECU, and Memphis. Uh, Houston and UCF are leaving to the Big 12 in two, in two years, so you only have Wichita State, South Florida, Tulsa, East Carolina, and Memphis. That's five teams. That's not enough to have a league, especially in a sport like softball, 
where you have, you know, you're pretty much playing every school in the conference at that point as well with six weekend series. So there were some, you know, those are kind of some some minor examples that, that you'll see with the uh, Olympic sports. But, um, you know, you, you, you take a look kind of deeper into this, and there are some other reasons as to, as to why the American uh, strategically looked at some of these schools, uh, you know, beyond football and beyond the media markets. I know everybody talks about the media markets and things like that, but, you know, there's, there's for sure definitely a lot more, um, you know, beyond just the, the football uh, aspect. We... We'll get with our guest here in a few minutes here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. If this is your first time listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, we usually don't react to, to, to big news like this, but um, you know we usually kind of let it sit. But obviously, this is this is pretty uh, recent, and uh, you know we, we want to make sure that that we pay attention to this. So if this is your first time listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, we do appreciate you hopping on. And uh, we, we do hope that you like the content that we're providing here uh, on the podcast. And, it, and we are on all the major podcast distributors between Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're on all four of those. So if you're listening in the Megaphone.fm app on your browser, feel free to transition over to any of those as you see fit. Make sure to subscribe to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast so that way you never miss another episode. And then, of course, be sure to check out our deals over on Bulls247.com as we get into more of a midseason review uh, type of type of deal here as we kind of head towards signing day. We're just two months away from National Signing Day and the early signing period being started. There's going to be a lot of momentum. I think November is going to be a big month for USF. So make sure that you get your subscription for Bulls247 ready to go. You can take advantage of our uh, a deal that runs pretty much all year round. You get one month for one dollar. One month for one dollar. That's cheaper than uh, a cup of Ruddy Brew coffee. That's cheaper than a Cigar City beer. Um, but it's the same quality. So you'll get you'll get the best quality of covering USF athletics uh, over at Bulls247.com. And if you want to hop on for a year, we're always running our 30% off annual sale, uh, billed annually, of course. But it evens out to about six dollars. A month for an entire year still cheaper than that cigar city beer uh still cheaper than a guayabera or a high or whatever you like over at cigar city uh tap room over on spruce street so we we've got those deals going make sure to check out over on bulls 247.com obviously and I, I know we were talking extensively about a recruiting podcast dropping this midweek with hasani harper we have to move it because of the rapid fire of of this news and just kind of the the um you know, obviously, with it being recent, we've got to got to pay attention to it. So, uh, we will have that likely next week. Instead, we'll have our Temple preview that drops likely tomorrow. So, just be aware of that. We're recording that tonight, probably about two hours after I put this one out here on this Thursday. So, pay attention to that. And uh, we'll go ahead and start introducing our guest here today on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Uh, if you are familiar with Tampa media you you are familiar with with who we who we we have on the podcast today uh it's Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times uh a guy that uh, has been around college football uh you know in Oklahoma Oklahoma State Tulsa that area uh Matt has has covered uh college football in Florida between Florida Florida State and uh USF for 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 a few years now Matt was kind enough to jump over on the uh, podcast today out of his busy schedule 
obviously it's a busy day for all of us uh, in the media sphere just because of the gravity of the news. But greatly appreciate Matt for, for coming on, and you'll hear from him. And I think he dropped some terrific insight about um, you know the whole thing. I know there was a lot of folks upset about this conference realignment in terms of who USF was going to get. Uh, or who the American was going to get, rather. But in all honesty, I mean, I I just, uh, and and you'll hear it from Matt, um, I just don't know who else you were going to get once those four Mountain West schools in Boise State and San Diego State and Air Force and Colorado State turned USF down, or I keep saying turned USF down, turned the American down, rather. Um, You know, I I just don't know who who else you you were trying to get. Obviously, you know, App State and Marshall were probably two schools football-wise that you might want, App State especially, but, um, you know, I, I, although, and Matt will talk about this uh, as he refers to it as, as they may not be the sexiest names, but they're, you know, names that uh, USF fans should uh, should get to know quite a bit here soon because your USF fans are going to be having to get used to some of these matchups. And, you know, we talked about how FAU and, and – uh, and, and uh, UTSA in particular have had some good success in, in recent times. So, um, you know, and, 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 and there's a lot of um, perhaps maybe doom and gloom across the across USF Twitter. USF Twitter has been on fire the last three, four days, but whatever. Um, it's not the end of the world for, for USF. It's not. It's, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into it, but it's not the end of the world for USF. They... Um, you know, there's always a chance for if USF starts winning some football games and, and, and achieves AAU status academically, I think, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, there's a chance that USF could get out of this ahead. Um, but you know, they, the USF controls a lot of its own destiny as, as we, as we mentioned, and, uh, as we mentioned later on and just talk about that. And, but without further ado, uh, here is Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times talking about conference realignment here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. All right, joining us now on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast is Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times. Matt has been around for a lot longer in college football than I have, so fo- thought he'd be a uh, very good source to talk about this whole conference realignment deal as it is now official. The American Athletic Conference has welcomed six new members, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB. Matt, just uh, first of all, appreciate you for hopping on. I know it's been, it's been busy today in particular, but just your initial thoughts of, of the teams added uh, today to the, uh, to the conference. First of all, you're making me sound old, and I don't know that I like that. <laughs> I'm not that old. My wife was pointing out last night that I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30 now. And I don't, <laughs> I don't like that either. Um, I'm not Joey Knight. Um, so my initial thoughts are this is about as good as the AAC was going to do. Um, the AAC took a swing with the guys from them out in West and, and it didn't work. Um, they, they, did, they, they did what they should have done. Look, Air Force, Colorado State, uh, San Diego State, Boise, those all would have been, you know, those are probably, if, if you were looking at the, the 10 that were in consideration here, those were probably the top four. Right. Uh, but they wanted to stay in the Mountain West, uh, presumably, you know, for a couple of different reasons, one of which is I expect the, there to be more movement here in the next couple of years that's going to be bigger than Charlotte and UTSA, no offense to those guys. Um, so once the Boise's and those guys decided, no, we're not going to come in, then this was the next year. I mean, you, you look at the group. Um, they're in major markets, which is helpful. 
Um, most of them have had some level of, of recent football success. Rice is, is kind of the exception there. Um, and I think there's a lot of, you know, I go back to the word potential here. Um, UNT is a school I know a, a good amount about, uh, and, and that program, you know, DFW, that market is just absolutely exploding still. Uh, there's room for another SMU type program there. And, and North Texas is a big school that's got good facilities. There's a lot of dudes out there. That's a school that can continue to grow. That Their football coach isn't working out right now in, in Seth Luttrell, but that has a lot of room for growth. Charlotte is a school that I would be buying stock in. Now, Charlotte, I think it's the seventh fastest growing metro area in the country or in terms of big cities. Um, there's a lot of good football players there. It, it's been the last few years where Charlotte, North Carolina, that th the Carolinas in general has kind of grown more in terms of recruiting, but that's an area where you can get players and Charlotte is a, a program in position to grow on that. UTSA, same thing. It's a young program. You know, they're 24th in the country. I think they're 25th on my AP top 25 ballot. If they're able to do that after only being around for 15 years or whatever it is, there is a lot of room for them to grow. And again, another growing metro area. So you look at the, pro the, the guys that they added, no, it's, it, they aren't the sexiest names. They're not, right? This is not Boise. USF is not going to be playing on the Smurf turf on a, a Thursday night with, with his grading friends. It's, they're not. But this was the best the AAC was going to do under the circumstances, and it ends up being pretty solid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you take a look at it after the departures. Um, we were talking so much about the metro areas. After the departures of, of UCF, Cincinnati, and uh, Houston, um, the only school that wasn't in a major metropolitan area now, which granted you could argue all, all three of those schools that left were in major metropolitan areas. The only one that isn't, it's a true college town, so to speak, is East Carolina in Greenville. And you add schools, you know, Birmingham, Boca Raton, which effectively is, is Miami North, Charlotte, Denton, which is basically Dallas North. Uh, Houston, you get, you get back into the Houston market. San Antonio is a growing market. Um, how much did, did Mike Oresco, you know, did it appear to you and what he said today to the media, how much did it appear that, that they wanted those major metropolitan areas to continue to, to grow um, the TV numbers uh, based on just kind of to, to try and make up for what they were, were, were missing out on in Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF? Yeah, the, the TV markets and, and just the, the people in general was part of it. Um, it was definitely a factor in the equation. You can't, you, you look at where the AAC is. I mean, that's part of their brand now is, is we're going to be programs in big cities and big areas. Tampa, Philadelphia, uh, you know, the, the South Florida blob, Houston, and DFW and all those. That, that's part of their footprint. That's part of who they are at this point. And, and it's not a bad idea. Um, the... Conference realignment is different now than it was 10 years ago when I was in Tulsa and Nebraska was leaving. And it was all about the, the, the TV markets and all that stuff. Um, it, it, this still matters, just, just not as much. The big thing is, you know, if, if you're a successful program, can you actually capture that market? You know, if North Texas is, is a 12 and 0 this year, obviously they're not. But humor me, if North Texas is 12 and 0, are the people in DFW gung-ho for this? Are they watching? Are they tuning in? Are they tweeting about it? Are they putting stuff on Facebook and Instagram about it? How are, are they engaging in it? Or is it, oh, great. Uh, that was, that was fine. When did the Cowboys play? Like that's kind of the, the, yeah. the dynamic yeah. there in terms of the market. But I do think what helps is just 
a lot of people. Um, that sounds really obvious, but a lot of people, there's been recruiting areas, um, not just recruiting players, but recruiting students. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting USF to suddenly get 5,000 people from San Antonio or anything like that, but right. these things all kind of matter as you're looking at how realignment is working nowadays, in addition to facilities. Yeah. Uh, when, when this news originally came out, when Pete uh, Thamel tweeted it uh, on uh, two days ago, it would have been Tuesday night, USF fans were, were in a tizzy. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of folks that said this was Conference USA 2.0, a lot of folks that just weren't happy about the, the schools that were coming in. Um, but again, like you mentioned, who else were they going to get at that point? if you're not getting those Mountain West schools, because Boise, Boise reportedly turned it down, Colorado State, uh, I think, turned it down as well, Air Force, San Diego State all turned it down. For, for USF fans that are, that are upset, which, you know, in my mind, I've always thought, you know, if you get AAU status, which is what they just applied for, and you win some football games, this might not be a problem come 2026, 2027. You might find yourself in a, in a better situation. How do you see USF uh, in this new American and just uh, to those fans that might be upset? You know, what, uh, what, 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 do you, what do you have to say just to those fans in terms of, of, of trying to be okay with this down the line? Yeah, well, obviously the football program is a mess right now. Um, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not breaking any news here. And <laughs> maybe it's not a bad thing for the, the quality to go down for USF to just start mm -hmm. getting some wins. You know, Charlotte's okay, but they're not great. UTSA is, a, is undefeated, but they're not a, a world beater at this point. I mean, again, they're doing very well for who they are. And they have the potential to grow into something. But USF should, you know, USF should be a notch above US, UTSA maybe a couple. Same with North Texas and those guys, if it's working the way it's supposed to work. So the first thing is USF's got to figure out what is the issue, excuse me, why are they not winning games? What needs to be done to close the gap? Mm. Is it they need to do a better job of recruiting locally? Is it they need to be better getting guys through the transfer portal and making it work that way, kind of like SMU? Is it X's and O's? Uh, is it um, some sort of investment in coaching staff or facilities? That, that, they got to figure that out first. That, that's the most important. Um, no, a, a trip to you know, the Charlotte, they're not going to be a, it's not going to be a big rivalry with Charlotte, right? right. Charlotte's going to be like another, uh, unless Charlotte blows up, they're going to be another Temple, another East Carolina where, mm -hmm. yeah, that's an okay game. Fine. It, it's not going to move the needle the way Boise or, or Air Force um, would, but USF doesn't deserve that right now. Let, 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 let's be real, right? The reason USF is in this position against these guys that, again, they're not the sexiest names, is because USF hasn't been a sexy name. Mm. USF has not been very good the last few years. You look, you know, it's zero conference championships in their history. Yes, you can say whatever about how long, you know, only 25th year of football and all that stuff. That's fine, but these are your peers. I can't make an argument for why USF should have been in the Big 12 instead of Boise State. I can't do it. I can't make an argument. Not a, not a reasonable, rational one, why they should have been in over Houston or, or, um, or, or UCF or Cincinnati or even SMU, which didn't get in. So, because even, you know, with, <laughs> even with Houston, you know, it's not like Houston's football has been down, you know, the last 
two years. I mean, they're having a great year this year, but they've got a Final Four basketball team. They went to the know. Peach Bowl a couple years ago. And beat it, it, right, we talked about this the other day, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, recent, you know, if you want to talk about recent trends, yeah, sure, the Peach but But you've got a Final Four basketball team. was a first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, they, like let's they, not – no, Houston. Houston has gone has down. I'm discounting um, Houston um, just for their last for the for the Dana Holgerson experiment so far. <laughs> except for this year, um, right? Yeah, and, and who knows what would have been different had Derek King stayed and, and and all that stuff. So yeah, and, and Houston has a pedigree that USF does not. So I understand the concern of USF fans that this is the neighborhood they live in. This is probably the house that they deserve, or the neighborhood that their house deserves, if that makes sense. Now, uh, some USF fans think I'm, I'm too hard on them or whatever, so let's, let's, let's spin this forward and let's, be, uh, let's put on the, the, the glass half full um, view. They, this is not forever. Conferences change all the time, all the time. Every couple of years there's a round of realignment and this happens and, and, and what have you. So this is not a forever, they're going to be playing Charlotte and UTSA, they're going to be, you know, who are not big name programs and they're going to stay big, you know, smaller programs until the end of time. That's not how this works. USF, to some degree, I don't want to say they're in control of their own destiny because there's a lot of factors here, Will. But they can control an awful lot in terms of, you know, let's, let's use this terrible neighborhood analogy. They can renovate their house. Um, if they start winning in football, and I'm not saying they have to go 11-1 and one next year or even the year after that, but they need to show progress. They need to be going up and not ranked what is 119th, 117th in SP+. They can't be awful the way they are right now. Um, if, so if, if they make steps on the field, uh, going to a bowl next year, for instance, moving in the right direction toward a conference championship, towards the top 25, or top, let's start with top 40, top 25, making steps to show that we are a football program on the rise. We can do this. We have all this potential. We're finally moving to making it happen. While, that, that's part one. The other part is the facilities. I'm not a facilities guy. I think a lot of it is overblown, particularly with recruiting. I, I'm not a huge facilities guy. But USS facilities are behind. They are. The USF facilities, no, look, I've been to Oklahoma State. I worked out there. I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to Texas. I've been to Baylor. USF is not them. They're not. Yeah. Um, some of it is they don't have the money and the history, but if they're going to be in the neighborhood, literally in the neighborhood but with the Baylors and Oklahoma States and the Big 12, they're going to have to have the facilities and have the house to, 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 to show that they belong there. Um, so, you know, they're, obviously the indoor is a big step in the right direction. That is several years overdue, but let's give credit where credit's due. That is a Which step. Which I don't even think is still, I don't even think has even really had, had ground broken. Like, like they, they had the ceremony, but I, I don't think the ground is broken yet. Because, like, I yeah, haven't I seen any construction. We've been on campus a lot. You, you were on <laughs> campuses last week. Every time I, I roll up to campus, I don't see any cranes. I don't see any. I don't see any construction equipment on that side of campus. Yeah, I don't know when stuff actually happens and if they're doing stuff behind the scenes. I, that's that's right. over my head. I'm not. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> sure. If I were an engineer, I'd, I'd make a lot more money. Um, so, but that is a step in the right direction. 
um, either the, the football operations center and or the on-campus stadium. Here, and they've got a chance in the next couple of years, depending on how those things work separately and tandem, whatever it is. They have a chance to make a huge move if they can win games and if they can break ground on a stadium, come up with a concrete plan, a fundraising plan, a um, uh, just how they're going to pay for it in debt, what, whatever it is, a concrete plan. This is what we're going to do. This is where it is going to be. We are going to break ground in three years, whatever it is. That is going to be huge in terms of USF's potential as we talk about the next round of realignment because it's coming. I don't know when. Uh, I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, you know, there, there'll still be some dominoes from, from here, but in terms of the, the USF, Big 12, ACC, whatever, it's not going to be this year. It's going to be in the next three to five years probably. And when that happens, USF needs to have that house, that metaphorical and I guess literal house in order. They have to be at a much better level on the field and they have to have the facilities in place. And if they can do those things, I see no reason why USF would not be competitive in the next round of real. Now, there's so many ifs and buts in here. I don't know what the round of real is gonna look like. I don't know if we're going to, it's gonna break away into a 48 teams or 24 teams that's Ohio State and Clemson and Georgia and Bama and then USF, I mean, they don't have a chance, right? So I, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but as we look at things right now, if USF does those things, they should be competitive to, to, be, to move up in the next round. And, and let, let me finish my rambling with one other thing. Mike Oresco in his uh, remarks today said a couple different times, he used the word investment multiple times. If you look at the, the, the press release, what was announced with the AAC adding those six teams, they talked an awful lot about literal investments, about the, uh, the new stadium, $200 million stadium that just opened at UAB. North Texas in 2019 opened an indoor facility in addition to the, the new football stadium they opened in 2011. Charlotte's a new uh, team, obviously, had their stadium opened in 2013. Uh, Rice just spent, I think it was $33 million updating part of, of their stadium with their kind of the home of the Owls, what have you. Uh, FAU opened a football stadium in 2011. There's a trend here, right? Would all of those have, have been the, the picks to move up w without those? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But they, conferences, when they're looking on who to, to move up, they are looking at investments. And the, and the obvious one is facilities. Coaching salary is another one. I think USS is fairly competitive there. So those are types of things that the Big 12, ACC, whoever it is, is going to be looking for in the coming years. And that's why this, you know, this next five-year stretch is absolutely pivotal for USF. They missed the boat here when UCF and Cincinnati and Houston and BYU got picked, but there will be another boat coming. And if they're not in position to get on it, and I'm mixing my metaphors, but if they're not positioned to get on that boat in a couple of years, it might sail for good. Yeah. The one thing I noticed, and, and we go ahead and, and, and just, you know, kind of wrapping it up here. Um, the one thing that I noticed is that <clears throat> um, I don't think necessarily down the line that it's going to be just a big 12 opportunity. Obviously everybody's talked about how the big 12 wants to expand past 12 teams and, and, or, or you know, what they added with, with the, with the four that are heading that direction. Um, I've also heard the, the, the big 10, 
um, especially back th during the last round, wanted to get into the Southeast a little bit. They were looking at Georgia Tech quite a bit, and they liked the Southeast market. And I, I think if, if USF is able to get, and that's why I mentioned AAU status, and I alluded to it on Twitter, uh, albeit very, very quickly, if you know USF gets AAU status, which they've recently applied for, I think that could be a big factor academically into getting them into not even just a Big Ten, but a Big 12 or, um, you know, an ACC type of, uh, of conference, just because of, uh, academics matter in all of this, uh, maybe not as equal as much as football and the on-field product, but they still matter quite a bit. And I think, uh, and I think if USF is able to do that, they, they've got, um, you know, they've got a chance. And I think USF fans can really find solstice in, in, in Michael Kelly and the current, current athletic staff. And, and maybe you could speak to this as we, as we finish up here. Um, you know, I think Michael Kelly has, has, has done a solid job in terms of, of pushing this program into the future. And I think he sees the long-term goals that this athletic department has and the, and where it wants to be. And it, it's just patience from here on out, you know, for, for what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, let's let's start with the academic part. You're you're exactly right. It, all of it matters, right? Like I I come back to that. All of it matters. If the most important thing right now at the top level of realignment is football, football draws the eyeballs. They draw the money. That is what matters, and that's why you know I, I wrote on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times that USF picked a bad time to be bad at football. It's it's I mean. That's pretty frank, but let's let's be yeah. real. Yeah. That's what happened. If if USF had been UCF, you know, switch everything, you know, keep everything the same except switch the records, USF might be in the Big Twelve for all we know. So that's the most important thing. But you also need the other stuff. You need um, the relationships that Michael Kelly has. Again, he's one of the more, more respected guys in, in in the industry. So that's going to help an awful lot. Uh, you need the infrastructure, the facilities. Maybe if USF was playing at Ray J and had the indoor and the, 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 um, the football operations center, maybe things would be a little bit different. Um, but they don't. And they're, you know, they've made at least some progress in that. The academics is important because, look, the, the people who make the decisions on what conference affiliation looks like, it's not the AD, it's not the football fans, it's not the head football coach who usually doesn't know what's going on because it's above his head, it's the president and the board of or chancellors and the board of trustees. Yep. They care about AAU uh, status. They care about being a preeminent research institution. They care about that type of stuff because when they're talking to their buddies, those are the types of people they want to associate themselves with. So uh, like the Big Ten, for instance, is very big. They're not going to take teams unless they're in the AAU or it's like Notre Dame or something like that. Right. Um, I, I don't know that USF would be the right fit for the Big Ten. I, I don't see them going that direction as we sit here today. Um, but who the heck knows, right? Like in 2008, I don't think anybody when I was in Oklahoma was thinking that, uh, oh, yeah, Nebraska's totally going to leave the, the Big 12. That's, that's definitely going to happen here. No, nobody thought that. So all of that stuff matters. And USF just needs to spend the next couple of years doing everything that they can to put themselves in position. Again, that's the AAU. That's money with the infrastructure um that's winning games that's putting butts in seats by the way uh one of the things that <laughs> we could have a whole separate discussion about that after <laughs> after the mess after the mess that was last week 
uh, Big Game Boomer uh, actually, you know, had his first two lists right regarding USF. Mr. Dunderbox, which is a great restaurant. He said it was the best place to go in Tampa, which is, which is awesome. First one he's got right. And then the USF tabbed as the second worst student section last, last week. And the only team that was in front of them, Tennessee, who ended up throwing trash on the field, which right. it's not a good company to be in. No, it's not. But again, you can when you watch a game, you can see the empty seats. And that is not something that helps USF. It just doesn't. I understand fans don't want to watch a bad team. I understand money. I understand all that stuff. But if USF is going to get to where they want to get, it's going to take a lot of support. And that's everything. And one of those factors is butts and seats. Because I guarantee you, if USF was selling out Ray J, maybe that's not realistic. USF was having really strong attendance at Ray J every single week. That would be a huge point in the pro-USF column that the Big 12 would have looked at or whatever conference, whatever it looks like in five years, we'll look at, oh, look at this attendance. This is proof that people care and that they're invested in the program. This is a school that I would want to look at. Great insight. Uh, just, you know, aw awesome insight uh, all around. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of USF fans were, were initially knee-jerk reaction was doom and gloom. We're right back to Conference USA. We're right back to where we started from. But I, I, I really do. I think it's and you've pointed out it's it's about the future and USF has got to do what they've got to do and control what they control, um, which is winning football games uh, and, and, and putting butts in seats and, and just doing the things that they can to, to, to get them going. So appreciate you, you hanging, uh, you hopping on, on uh, and taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule. Uh, Matt Baker covers college football for the Tampa Bay Times. How can everybody follow you and, and look at the stuff that, uh, that you write? Because there's been good, some good stuff that you've done today uh, regarding the AAC expansion. Sure, and I'll have more stuff uh, whenever I have a chance to write it, either tonight <laughs> or in the morning. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at mbakertvtimes. Of course, our website, tampabay.com, and the Tampa Bay Times app for, for uh, digital subscriptions. Appreciate uh, you letting me come on, and we appreciate all the support that we, that we get. Absolutely. Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times talking conference realignment as the AAC welcomes six new schools on this Thursday. We'll be right back with the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Okay, so what do we know now, folks? It's not the end of the world. USF is going to have to control the things that they control, like we've been talking about for weeks now. And if they do that and they improve attendance and they improve the things that they can control, who knows? We could be talking about a completely different situation within the next three to four, five years. It's, it's very, very evident that the athletics leadership um, is not necessarily pleased with where things are right now, but they are doing the type of things that need to be done in order to improve the whole athletic culture, improve the university culture to get USF in these conversations and get USF. Now, I know there's a lot of discussion about the past and, um, you know, obviously a lot of blame towards former leaders, but, uh, that 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 blame in that past is 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 gotta be um, kind of looked at in the rearview mirror now. There is nothing that this current athletic staff can can do about the past. This is the hand that they're dealt, and they are doing the things that they need to do 
to be able to to put USF in these conversations down the line. So with that being said, I again, I greatly appreciate Matt Baker for coming on uh, the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Uh, he, he dropped some great, great, great insight here today, um, just kind of talking about conference realignment and where USF stands within it. We'll have continued coverage over on Bulls 24-7, introducing you to some of those new conference members. Man, I hope y'all like the state of Texas because the AAC just added three more between UTSA, UNT, and Rice. And that goes obviously along with already having SMU. So you better like the the Lone Star State because you're going to be getting a lot of it. But uh, obviously we'll talk about those three schools. We'll talk about Charlotte, UAB, and FAU and where they stand in some of the major sports as well, of course, is football. So we'll get into that later on this week. And over the weekend, talking more about that. And then, of course, our Temple preview, as I already mentioned earlier in the show. Ryan Wallen from Al's Daily will be on. We'll drop that podcast tomorrow as USF and Temple get ready for Saturday night. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of news, but USF and Temple still set for Saturday night at Raymond James. So keep in mind that as you plan your day tomorrow, as you're if you maybe you're listening to this on your drive to work, you'll have a podcast for your drive home most likely. So, uh, yeah, but again, I appreciate you hopping on and listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. If you did like the content, please consider giving us a five-star rating across the major podcast distributors. We are on Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Again, we appreciate you checking us out. And on behalf of Matt Baker, uh, I'm your host, Will Turner. And we'll catch you tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow with a qu- with a good one uh, as USF and Temple get ready to go for this weekend. But appreciate everybody listening, and we will be back soon. But until then, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day, y'all.